Welcome to The Nation, a Floyd's 99 Barbershop podcast. In The Nation, we discuss topics that come straight from the barbershop floor. Topics that not only affect barbers and stylists, but our clients as well. Welcome to The Nation. All right, welcome to this episode of Floyd's Nation. We're so glad to be here. It's a brand new year, new season for the nation, and we're going to kick it off with a bang. We've got a great special guest that I can't wait to get to and really hear from the insights that he has. And to help me with that, I've got another special guest, and you've heard him here before on the nation. He's fantastic. He's our fearless leader, our president of Floyd's 99, Phil Horvath. Phil, how are you? Hey, Patrick. I'm great, man. Great and happy new year to you as well. Um, thrilled to uh, be with you on the first uh, Floyd's Nation podcast of 2022. Thrilled about that. And, you know, I, I'm excited that we're able to bring on this guest I'm going to introduce as well, too, because, you know, I think that, you know, in life, you, you, know, you go through, you know, times and you you connect with people and, you know, it, and more important than ever, as we're coming out, out of this pandemic, that people and relationships and the value you get out of that for each other is what's most important in life. And I know Floyd's as part of our culture is always about, you know, people and relationships. And so I think it's, it's great that we start off this first podcast of the year with somebody that really gets that as well too, and, and really helps uh, people think that way and in his own way. And, and uh, so I'm going to do a quick introduction here and then we'll turn it back over to you to kind of kick us off and uh, we'll, we'll nail down the you know, first episode of, of 2022. So, um, so the gentleman I'm going to introduce, uh, I was introduced to, to him probably uh, seven plus years ago and through uh, uh, somebody that I was working with at the time. And he said, hey, you got to talk to this guy. I've known him for a long time and family, et cetera. And uh, he, he really has, has some, some special thoughts and ideas and, and very creative individual uh, as, as well. And, um, and this individual, when I met him, I, I definitely that, that hit me right away. I could see he had a lot of that <clears throat> creativity, um, super smart guy. Uh, but at the same time had really started to do something pretty unique and where he was evolving in, in his, his career and in his life, right? Um, and that's what we're going to be spending some time and talking about with him today. Um, and uh, his name is Ryan Berman. And Ryan Berman is a guy that, uh, again, I got to know about seven years ago and he was uh, had gone through the same transition himself and, you know, kind of reinventing who he was and and he really focused it on the word courage, right? And and so uh, he wrote a book about courage and he really speaks to that in his current business that he does today and in advising, you know, individuals, companies and people and does a number of other projects as well too that are on his plate. He's a, he's a busy guy. And so we're excited that he took some time out of his time from the uh, West Coast to, to join us here. Um, and so I'm gonna go ahead and introduce him and let him kind of share who he is and his background real quick. And then Patrick, you know, we'll be able to jump into it. So Ryan Berman, Thanks for being here. We appreciate it to the Floyd's Nation. And uh, let's hear about Ryan Berman. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, by the way, it's so true. Like, gosh, has it been seven years? Probably. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely was a, a completely different person than I was seven years ago. I, By the way, I have absolutely no data to back up what I'm about to say. But I would imagine that every seven years, we probably are different people than we were. Like, if you actually track your life and go back to where you were, don't you do you, am I off on this? I have no doubt. I think you're right on. I mean, yeah, I think listen, and 
as human beings, we're always evolving, and uh, and I think that's uh, part of our nature. And uh, I think the difference is those that kind of recognize it and kind of understand how they are purposeful about it, right, versus not be purposeful about it. I think that's probably the difference, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I think if you're just kind of walking through life as a robot, uh, maybe that's part of the problem. And, and maybe, hey, maybe that's a win for today. Like, if you're actually listening, how conscious are you? Are you walking through life like a robot or are you being proactive about what's coming next for you? And by the way, it's January. We're, we're, in, the, we're in the month of New Year's resolutions, right? I mean, this is the time, although I'm not totally sold on New Year, New You. I think you could be New Year, Same You, but like Evolve You, Grow You. And, um, I, you know, going back to that full circle from seven years ago when I had a chance to work on my book, I, I mean, the irony is I wrote the book for very different reasons than what it turned out to be. Like I kind of wrote the book cause I needed the book and it helped me change. Uh, and Patrick, I'm probably jumping way ahead for what you wanted, but we're here now. So I'll, you know, let let, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the book. Is that, does that work for you? Let's do that. And, and, uh, you know, first of all, let me make sure everybody understands that, uh, the book that Ryan wrote is called return on courage. And it um, is a business playbook for courageous change. And I'll give you a very quick um, take. I just, I finished reading the book over the last couple of weeks. And as I did so, I felt that the timing was perfect for me personally, and also related it professionally to our company and what we're trying to do. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of great business books out there. And there's so many uh, fundamental points that Ryan discusses in his book. And one of the things I think is interesting is his book, in my opinion, is more relevant now more than ever, given what we've all gone through collectively and individually over the last two years. And so when I approached a book on business that was based in courage, I thought that was a really interesting premise because I'd never seen a business book um, that approached it from that standpoint. But the deeper that I got into the book, the more I realized how relevant and applicable it was to individuals and businesses as a whole. And, and so, Ryan, I'm hoping we can kind of lean into that today. And when I talked about individuals and what we've all gone through, and you mentioned a new year, people set goals and resolutions. When we talk about courage, now more than ever, I think it's important for people to find that courage within themselves. And one of the things that you wrote, I want to ask you about this. You said courage is not an inherent trait. It can be learned with practice. With repeated practice, anyone can achieve a state of courage. Routine makes it a habit. The more you train, the more you strengthen and stretch that skill. And I thought that was so great because sometimes when we talk about courage, I think people don't understand how they might find courage within their own individual lives. Does that make sense? I, and I thought that really hit me and I think it can hit a lot of people. Can you help me un, uh, dig into that a little bit? Yeah, I, I certainly don't think we can be courageous if we're not looking for courageous opportunities. So we're back to the robot again, right? Like how do we, how do we unlock it in ourselves? And and I always like to say, courage is a journey word. It's not a. It's not the destination. You need you need courage in the messy middle. When you're not so sure how this thing is going to go, um, and in those moments, assuming you acknowledge, okay, this is a moment where I can be courageous, which was part of the problem. I think it's important to state that the way I looked at return on courage, it's not a soapbox book. Look, it's ironic that 
I'm talking about courage. I, I've never been in a knife fight before. I've never taken a bullet. Uh, I have zero tattoos. I know that's the nation's probably not going to like that. Uh, I've never jumped out of a plane before. You know, I, I describe myself as an observationalist, and I had a chance over a thousand days to to basically shut up and go around and interview the brave, the bullish, and the brainiac. And over that time, I got to sit with Navy SEALs and astronauts and tornado chasers, and on the the bullish side, leaders at Google and Amazon and Apple and Harvard and Method. Like, how are they? How are they continuing continuing to? to change and how are they staying agile, these behemoth companies, and yet they're doing it. They're finding ways, they're investing in resources to pivot. And then on the Brainiac side, you know, I went to television radio school, so I had no idea how we were wired. I wanted to understand like what's really going on in our brains when we're, we get to a courageous decision and why do some people jump and other people don't. And so I talked to Cambridge PhDs, immunologists, the, uh, the CEO of a company called NeuroGym. It's a gym for your brain, which really is kind of back to your original comment from the book. It, I think courage is a muscle. You go to the courage gym and you have to do the reps and start working on that. And that means you have to spot the reps opportunities. Now, not every single moment in your life should be a courageous moment. That would be an exhausting life. But for those mo those moments where they're like, okay, this is a time where I should speak up. This is a time where I should do that New Year's resolution. Uh, that's when it's time to unlock that courage currency. And so uh, the book itself, just so you know, and Patrick, I don't s sort of spell this out in the book. The front half of the book is the why now. Like why now of all things do I find courage is the missing ingredient inside businesses, inside leadership teams. And then if you pass, go to the, the back half of the book, that's the how. How do you actually do it? How do you actually make a courageous move? Um, the quiet secret is I'm trying to take the courage out of courage and give you practical tools you can follow so you can know how to like navigate those moments where you should be taking action. Well, and I, I like that a lot because one of the things that you also reference, even though we're talking about how individuals can train that that muscle and find that courage and train to that, you also mentioned that no one gets to where they need to be alone. Uh, when it comes to courage in business, there is no do it yourself. There's only do it together. You need your team to be on board to be successfully bold in business. And I love that, Ryan, simply because when we look at our, our businesses and, and we look at individuals going, well, how am I going to find courage within myself? The great news here to me by reading that is realizing that if you've got a great set of values and, and leadership put into place, you've got a team and a framework around you that can help you find that courage and ways to build that up. And I love that you referenced that because I'm sure when you said you're were, you were speaking to so many people and researching your book, I'm sure you were seeing teams in action that helped each other find that courage collectively. Would that be fair to say? Not, yeah. In fact, I don't see how, how we can be successful if courage isn't a team sport. You know, I, I miss, uh, you know, here's one place where I didn't see that I didn't see me becoming a keynote speaker. And I miss, you know, with the pandemic doing it live, it's been a lot of virtual talks. Um, and I have this one slide I show and it, it, I just have courage written in big, bold letters. But the thing that's highlighted in courage is the O, the U and the R of courage. And it's, it's a team sport. It's an R game. It's an hour game. It's now that said, let me make it really clear. 
this is not an out, right? This is not an out to be like, well, the team isn't playing well together. It's the team. It starts with you. It really starts with you. And when I talk to my clients, I often start with, we need courage for one of a few reasons. Are we stuck? Are we stale? Are we scared? Or are we spinning? Now imagine like three minutes into an engagement. And this is like the first slide you see. Because I mean, again, if we're going to be called courageous, let's let's go right after it, first of all. But second, like if we're stuck or you're scared, like, by the way, if you're scared, you're a human. Congrats. You're like all of us. It's okay to admit it. If you're stale or you're spinning, stale, okay, we can help you figure figure out how to be courageous. If you're spinning, maybe we need to talk about it. But the work starts with you. It starts with you first and making sure that you have what you need. I always say if you don't know what you stand for, you never know when to take a stand. And then once we get you strong, I think this is what the book does a really good job of, then we pass go to the team. And, and it does shift from me to we. It does move from self to your group of believers. And then you actually have a fighting shot out in the business world. Well, and I like that a lot because one of the things that you touch on so well is believership and and making sure that your team believes in what you stand for. And you really strike a great chord, uh, Ryan, when you talk about values. And so many companies have their their values. And we as a company at Floyd's have even focused in and, and dug in on our values to make sure that we're focused and believe in them as we launch this new year, which I'm really excited about. And one of the things you said is knowing your values and living them are not the same. And I thought that really struck a chord because you're, you said, you go on to say your brand is formed primarily not by what your company says about itself, but what the company does. And I really thought that was impactful because you, you go on to describe how great companies live their values, not just put up wallpaper. And I, I think that's important as you build believers within your company, everyone's aligned and they're believing and living those, that value system day in and day out. And I see how now how that can really lend itself to building courage for individuals and a business uh, collectively. And I'm, I'm guessing that's what you've seen a lot of. Yeah, again, I, I think companies even they make believers or fake believers. It's one or the other. And unfortunately, a fake believer isn't walking around the, the office with a T-shirt that says fake believer, right? So they're hard to spot. They just kind of nod and smile like everybody else. And when you turn around, then the eye roll happens and then they start messing with the rest of the culture. And so I, I think it's, it comes off of first the values and, and if the values are bullshit, then right. If they're wall art, if they're collecting dust on page 54 of some human resource manual and a desk used only as a CYA tool, you've completely missed the point of what the values are supposed to do. This one's for Phil, Phil, how many, how many franchise stores, stores and how many states are you in? Yeah, well, we've got uh, 145 of those franchises, about 12 different states, yeah. Okay, that's a big office. <laughs> that's, that's tough to, to guide, right? And, and this isn't about controlling, right? This is about guiding. That's what this is about. And, and so it starts with the values. If the values are, are operationalized, are, are they prioritized? Every time you add a value, you've officially watered down another value. You've got eight values, you've watered down the other seven. 
So the whole point of the values is like, let's make choices. So the number one value of courageous, which is my business, is sacrifice, right? The most important thing is the most important thing. I can't tell you what the most important thing is for your company. Can you? And I think that's part of the challenge of values is to like help companies figure out what's the most important thing. What's the second most important thing? What's the third most important thing? So when leadership, which might be nine states away, they don't have to be there on the ground with you. You have those values that you can make your decisions through. That's why they're there. And uh, and again, unfortunately, companies kind of miss this. I, I don't know what happened. I, I think so many companies, it just became such BS that they just kind of threw their hands up and, and, and that was it. But when you reward people off those values, they become real. Um, one other little note on this, and then clearly I'm a stickler on the values conversation. I think another big mistake that I see from companies, especially legacy businesses, is they'll keep, they'll keep the values of the founders, thinking the best way to honor the founders is by not messing with what they built. If you want to really honor the founders, keep the business relevant. Change the values. If the values were like from 100 years ago, <laughs> I can tell you that a 24-year-old has no interest in that life anyway, probably. So like, what's the best way to inspire that next generation? Have the courage to actually revisit those values. That is the first step. So it goes, Patrick, it kind of goes back to like, it starts with you. And by the way, it let's, you're, let's say you're listening to this and you're like, great, Ryan. Uh, newsflash, dd dd dd. I'm not the president of this company. Can you rattle off your own personal core values? And I'd say less than 1% of the population can do that. We spend all this time scrolling social media and not enough time scrolling ourselves to figure out why we're wired the way that we are. So again, this, a lot of my journey with the book, which I thought was to position my last business, like I said, I wrote it because I needed it. And so I flipped the switch on myself and I like put myself through the same process so I could live a more courageous life, which is a more fulfilling life for me. No, and I think that's that's huge because one of the things that I like that you focus on is is you you focus on another generation when you talk about millennials and 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 how that generation is growing in the workforce and in our population base. That's huge, and so if you can't tap into what's relevant to those individuals who happen to fall in that range, you're probably missing the mark. And, and I think that's huge. Yeah, Patrick, yeah. I'll just jump in. I, I, you know, I, I think what Ryan said there about those values and evolving them right to today and to tomorrow, I think is so relevant for the place we find ourselves in. And, you know, and I, I think that as we, you know, launch our kind of evolution of that in the next uh, 30 days with the teams out there, I think also what I, I like what Ryan said there is how do you as an individual, so if you're a stylist, barber, CSC, doesn't matter who, how do you connect to those values and live them and actually live them through your life, right? So, and I think we've tried to reflect on that and the values to where they are holistic enough to not only impact our business, but impact you as a stylist or barber as well too. And I mean, the first one off the top is about, you know, being people first and serving people, right? I mean, that our, our business is all about that, right? You know, whether it's us to our team, our, our team to those, the clients and, to each other in the shops, right? I mean, it just resonates. And 
Um, and I like the fact that, you know, how do you as an individual internalize it and bring it to life, right? It, so that way it's not just a poster on the wall, if that makes sense. No, I think it's huge and good news. Uh, in, the, in the back of Ryan's book, he lists several pages of values where you can actually walk through and find the values that you find important to yourself personally, or as a business leader, you can find those values that may be inherent for your business and related on that capacity. But I think the good news here, that everybody who's listening, is that if you can take that time and opportunity for self-reflection to understand what your value system is made up of and write that out, I can't encourage that enough. It was very impactful for me personally. And then as, as we re related it to the values that we're laying out as a company, I saw how my values tied into the brand that I work for, the company I'm sitting within right now, and how I, that resonates within me and how that really in, you know inspired me to keep going. But I think to start first, as we mentioned at the top of the show, it's a brand new year. Uh, people love to sit down and, and write things out. But I think one of the first things that you can do is figure out your values and what you stand for. Yeah. So my, my number one value is optimism. Now that's again, remember courageous is my business. It's sacrifice. And the business itself is a cocktail of other leaders, not just me. Right. So I've got to take into consideration my other partners. And when we pour in a little bit of me and we pour in a little bit of Billy Collins, we pour in a little bit of Michael Barber, the, the values will reflect the leadership style. But when it's just me, you know, op optimism is, is my number one. I want to be a positive force. It doesn't mean that there doesn't have to be tough love delivered sometimes, but tough is different than tough love. Let's agree. Right. Those are different. So, you know, again, I, I here, look, here's another example of your value showing up. But you didn't even realize it. There's probably someone in your life. It's probably someone on social media just okay, bad example, but we've all been inside for a long time and we're scrolling away and this person's gloating. And you're like, ugh, this person, all they do is gloat. Like, I want to stop following this person. Okay, that's a violation of, of a value of yours. You might not know what the value is, but it just it just gets like the hair in the back of your neck sticking up. You know it. It bothers you. Okay, now let's flip it. Do the work. Do the work on and try to figure out why you're wired the way way that you are. And I can tell you that for me, optimism and creativity and excellence, everything I do, I run through those filters. Those are my, I design my life through those. And by the way, my values change, Patrick, you can tell because in the book, my number one value was playfulness. And I pivoted that out this two years ago and put optimism in as my number one. So, so value, we evolve as people. We're back to that conversation. I evolved too. Now, as since it is New Year's time, I do think we should talk. So we talk resolutions? Let's do that. Let's okay. do that. All right. I am a firm believer of New Year's resolutions. I rolls to about 25% of the people that are probably listening right now. But I am I am on the, the New Year's resolution bus. Uh I, you know, New Year's, New Year's resolutions are every year we have a trigger on the calendar that allows us to sort of reassess where we are. That That's what a New Year's resolution is for January 1st. So the way, the way that I go about it, I have a, a mind resolution, I have a body resolution, I have a spirit resolution. And every year I'll, I'll set those three. This is the second year I've done it like this. Now, look, if you feel like you just want one and you're overwhelmed by the idea of three, great. Set one. 
for me, I also say, and you, as you've already learned because of the word believership, that I make up words. This is what happens when you get a writer on board. So I also like not just a New Year's resolution, but a New Year's revolution. Because if I don't make it important, if I don't make it big, it's not going to happen. Where do I need the most change in my life? So I have a New Year's revolution this year, which is my body goal. And so for my body goal, it's just to become a pescatarian all year long. I'm still on my day 11, still there. I have a day a month where I can eat meat. And by the way, where this came from, I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and their mommy, my wife, she's pescatarian all the way. And they're like, dad, don't you like that little piggy? How can you eat bacon? Right, <laughs> Dad, how can you do that to that cow? Right. So, so the deal that I made with them was, okay, I'll go pescatarian, except I get a day a month, one day a month. That day is mine. I already know in February, it's a Super Bowl. I'm not sure when it's going to be in January. And my son, my son came to me this, this week and said, you can roll over. You can, they can be rollover days. So if you don't use it in January, you can pull it, roll it over to February. I'm like, I love the way he's thinking for a nine year old. <laughs> I have a rollover day. So that's my, my new year's revolution for body is just to, to be a little healthier. It's not gonna, I'm not going to put into a, a, you know, a weight, a, a number on a scale. It's just to be disciplined about what I eat. And then um, once a month we'll, We'll find you at the Brazilian steakhouse <laughs> for twelve hours straight. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my 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 uh, my body resolution, or as I call it, my New Year's revolution. Well, how about we touch on this because I know this this always comes up within my circle of friends um, for sure. We are mindful of the new year, and we have this really great intention with our resolutions, whatever goals we set. And that first month in January, we lead strong and things are going great. Suddenly, somehow, somewhere, once somebody stumbles, something falls off. And before you know it, it's almost like a little cascade where more and more starts to fall off. And you suddenly find yourself in February or whatever time frame thereafter. And you're like, ah, yeah, kind of stumble on those resolutions or goals or whatever it may be. And now they've just kind of been cast out. I'm wondering if you have some thoughts, Ryan, about how you recenter yourself uh, after setting those. And maybe you do have a stumble, but how can you stay focused and recenter? Well, I think that's the, you just kind of said it. You got to, you got to focus and you got to be disciplined about it. And, um, you know, again, I think it takes a win. You need a win. You need an early win for you, right? If you can get that early win, then it makes it a little bit easier to do it again and again. Now I'm a firm believer of, okay, let's say you have it in your mind, what your resolution should be or a goal. Fine. We'll go for a year long goal. Now what? Cause it starts with that. Like, let's just start simply with what's the goal for the year. Don't overthink it, but write it out. Like get your goal on lockdown. Uh, and then from there, I believe in state it and create it. So what I mean by that, whatever, wherever you need to state it uh, with return on courage, it was on Facebook. I'd never been more terrified in my life than writing a book. I'm, if you pulled my family, I'm the least qualified person in the family to write a book. Uh, seriously, if we did like family feud, 
my brother would get like 55 votes. My dad would get 20. My dog would get three. I mean, I was like way down the list. So I remember the day that I put it on Facebook. This is a while back now that I'm writing a book. It's called Return on Courage. And I like that I could feel like the sweaty palm as I was hitting send. And the irony is not only did then I had something in the ether that would hold me accountable, but the book got better. The book actually got better because now people were DMing me like, oh my gosh, I love this topic. You need to talk to my friend blank. They were a flight attendant who were on that plane that this happened. So the content actually got better. And so what really happened there? What really happened there is our central nervous systems are, are designed to keep us safe. And the big secret is that every single one of us is afraid at some level. But when it's us, we can't possibly think that other people are thinking about the things we're thinking about. And so when you put something out into the ether, that's scary. There's probably somebody in your network that's going through that exact same thing. And maybe life is about designing who do you spend your time with that lights you up or challenges you or motivates you or inspires you. And how do you kind of get rid of the rest? Who should you be saying no to? Now, maybe don't do this with your family. Oh, well, Ryan Berman told me to say no to my family. Great. Thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. Outside of that, I think that's what life is really about. It's design who you spend your time with. That that is the secret. And again, if you if it's for you, whoever it is, like if you're trying to lose weight and you keep sitting around with people that want to go to the Brazilian steakhouse, maybe it's time to not spend time with those people at night. Maybe keep them in the AM, not the PM. So that I think that's the secret. Well, I think that's a great note. And, you know, after reading your book and, and focusing on my values personally and, and then leaning into what we're doing professionally on our company side, I really took stock, Ryan, of where I felt personally I could find areas of courage or areas to grow in with courage and as a leader in, in my company, but also in my family and, and my my network of friends as well. And as I look back, I know that I was really bad at at resolutions. I would, I'd be that person that fell off. And last year I actually talked to a friend, a good friend about it. And what she helped me do was she helped me stay on task and she actually, actually held me accountable. And it was a simple act. It was to your point, me declaring it, putting it out into the world and then having her do frequent check-ins to go, well, where are you at with that? And if you're not on target, why? And it really helped me recenter. And now as I look to the new year, I'm really focused on making sure I can live my values. And I appreciate what you wrote in the book because I know it helped me personally. I know it can help a lot of people if they take time to do so. And then as as a business, we're going to make sure that we lean into that this year too so we can live our best values uh, throughout our company and and support each other. 
Um, so I appreciate you really focusing on that, Ryan. I know it's made a difference personally for me, and I know it can for others. And I know as a business, we're definitely intent on leaning into our value system this year. Um, as we close out, I, I just want to take a minute and, and see, Ryan, if you have any uh, closing thoughts on, you know, we've gone through a lot lately on where you're seeing a lot of courage pop up. Uh, maybe it's, it's, you know, subtle, um, maybe it's more direct, but areas that you think that people can lean into from a courage standpoint. Yeah. I, first of all, thanks again, guys, for having me on the show. I, I know this audience, I, I feel uh, there's a lot of love for the group because I came from the creative world. You know, I, I ran creative marketing agencies and got to write pithy one-liners and have, you know, commercials and, and, and my team, or, you know, they also valued creativity. And it's funny when I was writing the, uh, the book and, you know, I had a chance to interview Tony Shea from Zappos, you know, and he was an amazing human. And he actually challenged me. He's like, are you sure it's return on courage or return on curiosity? And I just, I mean, you know, loved that thought and maybe you need one to get to the other. And so, you know, if you think about it, if you're, again, if you're still listening, if you've made it this far and you're still listening to this episode, I would say don't let the big professional words get in the way, you know, values and leadership. And like, this is for you. You know, bosses are not necessarily leaders and leaders are not necessarily bosses, by the way. And you are the leader of your home. You're the leader of your life. And so stay curious. Um, the process that's laid out in the book, like I said, kind of takes the courage out of courage. It starts with really auditing yourself and then challenging, like, who do you have around you? Uh, and then what are you afraid of? Let's not suppress that. Let's address it. And then do you know your why statement? Why are you on this planet? And then all that is for not if, if you don't take action. Like, there's probably something right now that you know you should be doing and you feel you should be doing it. You're not doing it. You're not taking any action on it. That's paralysis. Um, the definition I pose in the book, I'm not giving anything away for courage is knowledge plus faith plus action equals courage. And it needs to be all three to know that you're doing something courageous. That is, oh, we are at a moment where I, I now know this is the right move. I, I have the faith. I feel it's the right thing and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to take action. So the goal now is to look for those moments for you whether they're at home or at, at the business and it, not everything will be the courageous move, but for you to like take action on one, start there. And I can tell you the outcome of all of this is I'm a much happier person in the moment when I needed courage, I was afraid. I wasn't sure, but going through that doubt and getting on the other side and Phil, you'll attest. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a much happier, a much clearer person than I was seven years ago when you and I met, in, in a office in Washington, D.C. And I think you're a happier person, frankly, too. 100%. 100%. Well, uh, on behalf of myself and, and Phil and everyone in Floyd's Nation, uh, I really want to thank Ryan Berman for coming on The Nation today. It's about his great book, Return on Courage. I definitely recommend if you have the opportunity to check it out really examine your personal values and see how they play a strong role in your life. Uh, Ryan, we really appreciate you. We thank you for the insight. Um, you're amazing, man. This is a great book and a great conversation and we thank you very much for it. 
Thanks, guys. Let's get those resolutions going. Stay in and create it. Thanks for listening to the Nation Podcast. Find future episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This episode has been brought to you by Floyd's Grooming Products. If you want to look and feel your best, drop by your local Floyd's and ask your barber or stylist which product is best for you. A Huda Media Production.